Hallelujah. How great is our God. He's so good. It's so good to have you all here tonight. Are you happy? I tell you, nowhere near as happy as God is wanting to get you. Quite seriously. (laughs) The Holy Spirit wants to give you more joy than you can physically handle. (sighs) He wants to encourage your heart. He says, the joy of the Lord is our strength. And you know, he has more than we than we could even cope, hope or imagine. His heart towards us is just so full. And he wants to so uh, refresh and encourage your heart. We uh, had the opportunity to, to be with some other leaders on Thursday um, down in Sydney, yesterday down in Sydney. And it's just so good to be talking with others about how You know, the Holy Spirit just wants to continually encourage our hearts. He wants to strengthen our hearts because the enemy is after our courage. He is very afraid of your courage. But the Holy Ghost wants to encourage you. Hallelujah. So that you can have courage and boldness to represent him, to glorify his name. And I was just so thrilled to hear those testimonies from Nathaniel this week. It's just, oh, hooray. And there's many. I heard that, Mary, you've been out there doing some amazing things. That, that people just, too many to even uh, begin to, to adequately, uh, you know, give God the glory for. But he is healing people right, left, and center. We, I mean, the Shekinah tent, I was bragging about you the other night, other day, uh, Sarah, and the great work that you're doing there, heading that up. And uh, but, you know, it's the Holy Spirit. He is moving. And when you, when you discern the season that you're living in and you cooperate with the Holy Spirit, he, he who abides in him will bear much fruit. And, you know, that, that is in actively, deliberately drinking the, the pleasure that he has for you, drinking it in so that your courage is restored. Hallelujah. Because, you know, you hear all these things of people going out on the streets, laying hands on the sick, bringing people to Christ. That takes courage, but it's a supernatural courage that comes from allowing the Spirit of God to so fill you with joy, so fill you with love that the perfect love of God casts out all fear. Hallelujah. So he wants to refresh and encourage your souls today. I was, um, as I was preparing this afternoon, I, I, uh, I, needed i mean eva was helping sort out some things with my computer and um so i I had to for an hour or so i had to use handwritten notes which is something i haven't done for a long while and um so i pulled went to find a notebook and i found a really old notebook and it happened to be an old journal of mine that still had lots of empty pages in it so i as i went to go and find this the next page to write on i um I started to have a little look through some of my old journal. And um, oh, I was so encouraged to think, you know, God has walked me through so much. And the faithfulness of God, and as, I, as I've 
you know, some of this journal was be- well before I was preaching when I was just a, a young mom and just writing to him my, my, what, what's going on in my heart, my desire Lord, to, to, to glorify him and you know, confessing my sins. And, and you know, I'd, I'd write out my thoughts and my prayers in the journal and my confessions and my dreams and just to see how he has been so faithful just caused my heart to worship. And you know, Oftentimes, people struggle with connecting with God in worship. They, it's wonderful, and, and one of the ways that we can do that is through the Word of God. As we behold Him in the Word of God, it causes our hearts to worship Him. As you take time to actually meditate on the Word of God and think about it, wow, like I was this afternoon, He rejoices over us with singing. Okay, I just want to take some time to think about that and just help you. Lord, help me. Really receive the revelation of what that looks like. You rejoicing over me. What that, what that looks like. Hallelujah. And, you know, we, we get to worship God as beholding him in the word. But sometimes people struggle with just, okay, sitting with God and, and, um, and receiving love and, and worshiping him. They struggle with that connection. Let me encourage you that we enter his gates with thanksgiving in our hearts. We enter his courts with praise. There's something so powerful about remembering the faithfulness of God. Just beginning to stir it up and go, yes, God, I remember when you did that for me. And it again opens up your heart to go, oh, yes. And we respond to the goodness of God. and, And he helps us to worship him as we remember, that's right. Oh, God, you are so good. You know, the Holy Spirit is continually wanting to remind us of his goodness. He wants to refresh your heart with, your, with his faithfulness. That's why it's a good thing to journal, just to write these things down. I'd be, I, I started doing it when I was 13. I'd start to I'd put things down, special things that happened to me. If, you know, God spoke to me in a sermon. I'd write it down. That was just for me. He spoke to me. Even though they didn't pick me out, he spoke to me, you know. And... As this is this is history that you make with God, your own personal history with God. And I was looking through this book, and it really is history. Hallelujah! Now <laughs> I've been walking with Him for a while, and um, God wants to refresh your heart by by stirring you up to remember. God's faithfulness to you because he wants to bring you into greater and greater encounters. He, he wants to lead us from glory to glory and strength to strength. Amen. Hallelujah. So, Father, I just thank you for tonight. I thank you for our beautiful church. God, I bless them. Father, thank you for our church family. Lord, we say thank you for your love. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. God, we give you honor and praise. God, yours is the kingdom and the glory. Yours is the power. Lord, yours is the honor. God, we say all the glory belongs to you, for you are wonderful, Father. Thank you for what you're doing. And we say, Lord, just as it says in the scripture, ask for rain in the time of rain. Lord, we recognize you are sovereignly reigning, the blessing of God. You are reigning, Lord, souls, God. You are reigning, God, uh, and pouring out lavishly your favor and your grace, Lord, for harvest. And, Lord, we ask for more. God, we recognize what you're doing. We recognize there's a sovereign move of God going on, and we say more, God. We want more, God. I feel like I'm praying by myself. 
Let's let's pray. Lord, we're hungry. We want more. God, we want more, Jesus. <laughs> It's a good thing to agree. Amen. <laughs> Thank you. Hey. <laughs> well, we've been for quite a while in, in James chapter 1. I'm just going to start there again today. Um, if you want to turn in your Bibles, hallelujah. Who's memorizing scripture at the moment? Ah, oh, good on you. More. Let there be more, God. Because as you are memorizing scripture, what the Holy Spirit wants to do is he wants to teach you. He wants to bring it to your remembrance. Just as you, he'll, he'll surprise you by bringing it up and then he'll surprise you with revelation. You're committing it to memory and you think you've got revelation about that scripture. But if you actually let it sink into your heart, you're stewarding it. If you are faithfully stewarding it, he'll give you more. And it'll just be, whoa, whoa, wow. And, uh, and God will use you. He, really, uh, he wants to, really wants to let his word be written on your heart. Even as we heard that prophetic word today. Father, thank you for that. Shakabukurama. All right, we've been, we've been looking here in James chapter 1, verse 22. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. And this one will be blessed in what he does. You know, as we are deliberate to steward what God's doing, God says that we'll be blessed in what we're... You know, the Holy Spirit wants to give you more. Just as we were praying more, 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 you know, he has given us everything pertaining to life and godliness. It's all been given to you. It's been given to you So that you will steward it, you will take it, and you'll, you'll say, say, thank you, I'll have that, and I'll use that. I'm you know, I believe that even as, as God lavished this wonderful word on, on the whole of Israel, this prophetic word, you're going to come into a land flowing with milk and honey, they all got it. It was all given to them, all of them. But only two actually got the blessing. Because only two actually did what he said. And the Holy Spirit, he's saying, I've given it everything to you. There it is. You got it all. It's there. It belongs to you. Now, I want you to rise up as mature sons and daughters and come and have it. You know, obedience brings blessing. It just does. To obey is better than sacrifice. I remember, um, I remember once... Years ago, um, going off to pick up my children, they had been babysat for the night at my mother-in-law's, and I was just driving to pick them up, had, you know, the plans for the day. And as I was driving out uh, of my street, the Lord said, I want you to go home and pray. And I thought to myself, oh, okay, God, well, you know, I'll just pick the kids up and then I'll go home. And he spoke to me again really strongly. He said, The things that you put above obeying me are idolatry. Well, that's pretty heavy. 
you know, just like picking up the kids. And so I turned around and came home and sort of was a bit, you know, you know, I'm not used to speaking to me like that, God. And I put some music on and got on the floor. And I'm like, okay, what do you want to say? He said, I want you to go and pray for this lady. So I tried to ring her up and she wasn't answering the phone. And so I went around to her house and I found out as I got to her house, someone said, she's just been taken by an ambulance to the emergency room. So I went straight to the hospital and because I didn't have my little kids with me, I was able to go straight into the emergency room. God's so much more organized than we are. And as I walked in, she said, I'm so glad that you came. I was praying that someone would come. And God gave me a prophetic word for her and we prayed. And, and, you know, I realized at that moment that God is really so much smarter than me. You'd think I knew that. But we often think, well, no, God, you know, we'll do this and we'll do that. He says, don't say you'll do this or you'll do that, but say, if God wills. I'll do this or do that. You know, I used to think that was quite religious. You know, well, if God wills, I'll be coming tomorrow. Or if God wills, you know, I'm like, just get over it and come, you know. But he wasn't meaning it in, in a, you know, I'm not able to make any decisions for himself. It was, an, it was a constant reminder. And as you speak that out, if God wills, I'm reminding myself that I am not my own, but I've been bought with a price. And that as many as I... Sons of God, they are led by the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Now, I'm not saying that we don't have responsibilities. You you don't go to your boss, you know, if God wills, I'll come to work tomorrow. (laughs) If God wills, I'll turn up at church tomorrow, you know. that's, that's That's not the meaning of that scripture. What it is, is it's the Holy Spirit's way of reminding us, you know, that you are not the boss. Hallelujah. But that we are working together with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. No, Proverbs chapter 3 says, "If trust, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all of your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. He will direct your path. He'll show you where to go. Hallelujah. And we've got to learn how to, to follow his lead. And, and we sometimes get it right and sometimes get it wrong. But at, we have our senses trained by reason of use, the scripture tells us. So we've got to learn, okay, how to follow the voice of God, how to listen to him, how to, how to take time just to acknowledge him and, and be aware of his presence. You know, I, I, took, I, I took that seriously some years ago. I began to really think, okay, God, I want to acknowledge you in all of my ways. I, want to, I don't want to just acknowledge you when I really need your help, when I'm ministering in, in church. I, I want to acknowledge you in all of my ways. And, and we do that by recognizing that the Spirit of God is wanting to be involved in our lives so intimately. He wants to be involved in everything that we do. And it doesn't mean that we are 
you know, I've, I've seen some people who abdicate their brain in that they go, well, you know, I can't make a decision unless I get a direct audible voice from God or, you know, a sign. That's not what the Lord is saying. He says, I want you to mature, but I want you to acknowledge me. That we walk together, hallelujah. That, that, that we're in, we're, we're mutually walking together as, as we, as we are co-laboring with Him, recognizing, just being aware of the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, hallelujah. We have a wonderful gospel, which it's why is so, it's, it's so easy to bring people to Christ when we come to them and, you know, just listening today to First uh, John, and oh man, you get really happy listening to that. It's so wonderful how the Lord was—he he came and and has taken away the sins of the world. He's come and forgiven already, and that we have this message to go out and to tell people God loves you. He's forgiven you. He's paid a price, and He's offering you fellowship, relationship with him that'll bring you eternal life, that'll bring you supernatural life coming into you so that you become a new creation. I mean, how good is that? You know, that he's not looking at you saying, if you'll fix yourself up, he might accept you. That's, that's not the gospel. We've got this wonderful gospel of the finished work of the cross. Hallelujah. That when he died and said, it is finished, it means that there is now no more condemnation for me. Hallelujah. When I put my faith in him. Hooray. But it, I, I, love, I was listening to um, my friend Izzy, Izzy DiGiazzini down in Jubilee on Thursday, and she, she made this statement. She said, it's a finished work so that we can do the greater works. And I love that because sometimes people misunderstand the, the concept of grace. Grace is so wonderful. We've been set free. Hallelujah. From the law of sin and death. I'm no longer some bad person that gets it right sometimes and is trying to be good but lives with a sense of condemnation because I don't feel like I'm quite there yet. Instead, I am a new creation in Christ. Hallelujah. That I don't have a default nature that that I'm trying to, you know, uh, live above. But actually, the true identity that I have now is now I have a new nature. Hallelujah. I am clean. I am... Hallelujah. This great gift that I've been given, though, I am also called to steward. God has created us in Christ Jesus. It says it here in Ephesians chapter 2. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. Sometimes people think works. Whoa, you can't say works. can't say works. Works, you know... Sounds like law. But actually, works is your joy, your privilege. You get to do greater works than Jesus. In fact, you know, the problem with the word works or strive is that we have a applied it to trying to earn the favor of God, trying to earn the forgiveness of God. If I pay for this sin, I'll work to pay for this sin. That is, that is a lie and it is, it is torment to you because you can never, ever do enough to earn the grace of God. 
It's a free gift that only one person was able to fulfill the requirement, to, to be perfect. Only one, Jesus. And he came and he took all our punishment, all of our sin. And so it is absolute pride to think that I could earn forgiveness, that I could pay for my sins somehow. I, you know, I used to beat myself up or I'd even put myself in punishment. Like I'd put myself in the naughty quarter, you know, like I really don't deserve to, to, to do this or I don't, de- you know, deserve to shine with God. I don't really deserve to, to be happy because I, you know, I need to, you know, you get this idea that I really should, you know, somehow somehow to pay some sort of penance for what I've done. I mean, it just doesn't seem fair that I get off scot-free. That a quick, you know, I'm sorry, God, just didn't seem to cut it. And yet, if you say that in faith, God, thank you. I, I do believe you've forgiven me. I repent because I'm in relationship with him. I don't repent and in order to try and get him to believe that I'm really sorry enough that he'll, de- you know, that he'll, all right. I'll give you some forgiveness. I used to think like that. I think, you know, bigger sin, bigger need for repentance. Like really, like we need to seriously repent. I need to have some tears about this. I really need to repent properly in order to get forgiveness for this one. And um, that's not what it's about. But I repent now when I recognize I sin. I repent because it's like if I, if I offended Tom, he would forgive me anyway. He would. Because he loves me. Don't you, baby? You love me. He does. He's not going to turn around and walk away and, and leave me because, you know, I've, I've neglected to do something or I've offended him or I've, you know, said something in front of somebody that's dishonored him. He, he, he'd take it and, he'd, you know, he'd shrug it off. He doesn't, he doesn't even bring it to attention. You know, he'd, he'd just take it. But when I recognize I've done it, I'll say sorry because I'm in relationship with him and I care about him and I want him to know that I recognize I hurt you and I'm really sorry. Same thing with God. I want, I, uh, this is just good for us, good for my soul, good for our relationship. I want to acknowledge, yeah, I did the wrong thing and I'm really, I'm, it hurts my heart that I, that I grieved you and I'm sorry, God. And, but I thank you that you forgave me before I even did it and you're just awesome. Thank you, God. amen but so we don't work to earn god's forgiveness we don't uh, work to earn eternal life we get that because we believe in the lord jesus and we've received this free gift of grace but sometimes people take the very word work and they apply it to everything well we don't need to work anymore it's like Actually, you are called and privileged. You have a noble, majestic responsibility now. Hallelujah. To be as he is in this world. Hallelujah. That he's made you kings and priests, not so that you sit back and say, well, you know, everything's mine. I don't need to do anything. I'm just blessed, blessed, blessed. I'm blessed. Um, God goes, yeah, like more than you know, but hey, get up. I've created you in Christ Jesus, made you this beautiful creation now for good works. Hallelujah. So that you can do great things. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Where's my notes gone? Maybe I need those those paper notes. 
Hallelujah. I'm so glad I'm not there anymore, God. Ha. God's given us everything pertaining to life and godliness. And you know, what have we been given? We've been given the nature of God, the ability. You know, instead of being concerned that when you meet somebody that's a bit difficult, you know, they're a bit difficult person, you don't have to be concerned, oh, I don't know how I'm going to react. You can just, you can have faith. Thank you, God. I'm going to react like you. I'm going to have the nature of you. I'm going to, I'm going to be like you. Hallelujah. That it's going to be, uh, your life is going to shine through me. And we have, we have this pr- incredible privilege that when we, when we wake up in the morning, we can remember, thank you, God. Lord, that it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Lord, I just, I don't want to be like that man that looked in a mirror and forgets what he looks like and therefore doesn't do the works of Jesus. But I want to be reminded of what I look like, Lord. So I'm looking into you, your face, which is the divine mirror. Hallelujah. We all with unveiled faces behold as in a mirror the glory of God. And so I'm going to look in the mirror today. Huh. You don't look at me and think, oh, you know. You, you look at me and I look at you and, and I see you are glorious. You're full of hope. You're full of strength. You're full of joy. You're full of kindness. You're full of compassion. You're full of glorious courage. Hallelujah. Everything I need, that's who I am. Hallelujah. You need to spend time looking in the mirror. Quite seriously, you should carry one in your handbag. It's called the Word of God. Hallelujah. Just look it in the mirror. Because what you read about him is what he says about you now. Because as I am, so are you. Get reminded, get remembering. Yeah, thank you, God. This is what I've been given. I've been given the nature of God. Hooray. But you know, just because you've been given it doesn't mean that you're going to use it. You still have a free will. God says, I've given it to you. In fact, he makes a, Jesus tells a parable about it. Some get given all of this stuff and, and, and bury it in the ground. What are you going to do with what God has given? He's given you his nature. What are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with it today when you wake up in the morning? What are you going to do with what you've been given? You've been given the nature of God. What are you going to do with that? Hallelujah. Well, that would just be enough if you just took that. That would be enough. But we've been given the very nature of God. We're so, so, so good. We've been given the power of God. Like, think about that for a moment. But just because you've been born again and you've been given the nature of God and you've been given the power of God, not everybody exercises the power of God. Again, you need to be reminded. You need to be spending time beholding him, getting to know who he is. You know, the disciples walked with Jesus and they saw him doing the miracles. And so when, when he left and, and the spirit of God came on them, they did what they knew he did. And I often would get jealous. I'd think, well, God, you know, they got to see it actually happening. So, I mean, hello, what about us? Anybody ever thought like that? Maybe just me. But actually, 
We are seeing God do such incredible things every day. He's not going to listen and uh, to the, the complaining and say, oh, that's okay. You don't have to do any greater works. Because he's doing them through people every day. He's doing miracles. And you need to open up your eyes. You need to see, yes, this is what you do. Look what you did for me. Even in the way that you did this in my life, the way you spoke to me, the, the way that it just changed my life. I see you do that. I can do that. If you've seen him do anything, you no longer have any excuse to not do the same and more. Hallelujah. Has he ever done anything for you? I mean, I remember when I was just like 12 years old, got saved and came home one day I had to let myself in and mum had put these new deadlocks on the door and I had to get the key from under the garbage bin and you know try and open the door and I tried and I tried until I was in tears I could not open that door like 14 times just try, 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 try. and and couldn't make this thing work and so I cried out to go oh, God please help me And I came in through the door downstairs and I fell to my knees. And I went, God, you did that for me. I mean, I still think about that. You think, well, he's, done, he's healed people of cancer. He's given people new eardrums. But you know what? He opened the door for me. If God has done anything for you, it's not only just to be a blessing to you, and he just would do it just to be a blessing, but he's done it also as an invitation saying, see what I do? This is what you can do. The Holy Spirit wants to cause you to begin to really wake up and recognize I've been given he wants us to begin to understand the riches of this glorious inheritance and the greatness of the power toward us who believe. What are you doing with the power of God? Hallelujah. Hmm. More. We've been given the word of God. What are you doing with the word of God? You know, the scripture tells us that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. Some people think, well, you know, I don't need to pray. It's all done. It's all been done. I don't need to do any work. You know, work, work, bad word. But he's given you these weapons. They're not to make you look pretty. Oh, look at my weapon. It's been given to you for a purpose. Because he's already won the victory. Yes, it's true. In fact, he's laid a banqueting table before you in the presence of your enemy, but you still got to get up and go get it. You know, he, he led the Israelites into the promised land. Hooray! There's giants in the land. They had to fight. Like, what's this? Why didn't you just get rid of them? Because God is looking for mature sons and daughters to begin, it's in the doing that we begin to understand, wow, 
This is my privilege as a son, as a daughter of God. I get to be as he is. I've been created in Christ to do the things my father does. Hallelujah. So he, de- he sets it up so that you begin to recognize, wow, that's cool, God. You've given me power to begin to use the word of God to, to, to go to war in prayer. Hallelujah. To, to begin to make decrees. Sometimes we think, well, I don't understand why this isn't happening. And God's going, just pick it up. Do something with it. And, you know, sometimes I find myself worrying about things. I, I think, oh, God, you know, I'm, I'm worried about this person. As a pastor, I, I love you. And I hear about some of the things you're walking through. And, oh, oh that hurts my heart. Oh, Oh, there's awful God. You know, this one's struggling with this and this one's got this going on. That happened to them. And, this, and, and after a little while, like, you know, the other night even, I was talking to Tom and I said, I feel stressed. I said, I don't know why I feel stressed. And he, he'd, he'd heard all the things that I had, uh, you know, people that had, had spoken to me and all the, the things, the lots of things that go on in people's lives. He goes, is it any wonder you've just had... All of these per- people tell you all the stuff that they're going through, all this like really big stuff. And if I let that just come in and just, if I just carry it, oh, I start to feel a bit stressed. I start to get emotionally stressed for all the things that people are going through. But I'm not called to be weighed down with these great big weights. The burden of the Lord is easy and his yoke is light. But we are called to bear one another's burden, but we're not called to carry it so that uh, instead we're to bear it from the fact that it's no longer me bearing it, but Christ who bears it. I'm going to pray and do things as Christ, hallelujah, about what I am seeing. You see, because if you don't, you'll emotionally carry it anyway. And, and get burnt out. People, the next person that comes along to you and says, oh, you know, I've got this issue with my shoulder. You'll go, oh, don't tell me about it. <laughs> Too much. God has created you to do greater works than Jesus. He's not called you to be weighed down. But you know, the reason we get weighed down is because we forget to pray. We forget to do something with what we've been given. It says in James chapter 4, you do not have because you do not have because you do not ask. This is in the new covenant. What? We have to do something? I don't think we had to do anything. He did it all. Remember, it's finished. Yes, yes, yes. Now, ask and you'll receive. It's like, pass the salt. Thank you. Hallelujah. You're seated at the dining table. This is awesome. Okay, now pick the food up and eat it. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. You still have to do something. And God says, I want you to begin to pick up the weapons of your warfare. And I want you to go to war. I want you to begin to make declarations. Sometimes we just assume that, well, I know the word says that he makes all things work together for my good. That's fantastic. Yes, I can live at that level. 
where I just, yeah, I know that's going to be all right. But he can say, now, but I, I want you to be involved. Instead of carrying it and walking, oh, oh, oh when's it going to happen? He'll go, I'm wondering the same thing. <laughs> well, probably not. He knows the end from the beginning, but you know what I mean. He's like, when are you going to get up? When are you going to get up and do something? I've given it all to you. Now, my darling, I love you. But I don't want you to be a baby for the rest of your life. I'm not going to spoon feed you forever because you're going to really enjoy being able to pick up that chicken leg on your own. God wants to raise you up into maturity because he knows you're going to have so much more fun doing what you're really created to do, what your DNA you are made for. You are made for greater works than even Jesus did. In fact, when Jesus was doing stuff and leading people to Jesus, like the Samaritan woman, you have that words of knowledge and, and the, the disciples finally come back and they go, well, here's the food. He goes, uh, I got food you know nothing about. Because there is some satisfaction that comes from doing the will of the Father. Doing what God does that can only satisfy. Hallelujah. That it's like it's more satisfying than anything you've ever done. Because you begin to recognize, whoa, such as I have, give I thee. Hmm. Hallelujah. He's calling us to maturity, to majestic authority. He says that we're called as kings and priests. But he showed us what a real king looks like. As a king, he put on a towel, got down and he washed people's feet. This is what a king looks like. You've been made a king and a priest so that you can serve. So that you can love people so powerfully when they spit in your face. You can smile. You can shine like, like um, Stephen shone. Like his face shone when they were throwing, hurling insults and stones and killing, stoning him to death. And his face was just shining. You've been given power. To live in this world as beacons, bright shining lights, continuously refreshed and encouraged by the grace of God as he, as he is continually saying, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. Before you did anything, I, you, I, this is my beloved child with whom I am well Please, I love you, I love you. There, I look at you and I see the righteousness of God in Christ. I, you are spotless, you are beautiful. This wonderful God who looks at us and he wants to restore your courage so that you go and you represent him to the rest of his who don't know him. Hallelujah. So that you can encourage your brothers and sisters. He says, as much as you've done it to the least of these, my brethren, you've done it to me. So when you, you know, you do the littlest thing. You know, wives, you, you, uh, you, you, you. I don't get your husband a cup of water. He says, you can do that as worship to me. And, and no, 
I'm doing this, and it's as though I'm doing this to God. When I, when I care about somebody that can give me nothing back, when I spend time talking to somebody that's not going to, their influence isn't going to help me at all, nothing's, it, when, I, when I take time to love somebody, he says, you are doing that to me. And we get to live in a place of, of, of way beyond the limitations of human thinking that, that cause us to, to fight and to grapple. You have not because you ask not. You get caught up in all of these things because you want to spend it on your own. There's a higher life that is so much more glorious, so much more satisfying. And God is wanting to call you up into that say, I've got, I've got food for you that is going to be more satisfying than anything you've ever had in your whole life. Hallelujah. I've got food for you and it comes in the doing of the works of your father. Hallelujah. I want to encourage you. You know, I've, as I was looking through my journal today, it, I was dreaming about the things that God was going to do, that he'd put in my heart that he'd do. And just thanking him in my little journal Way before I'd ever preached a sermon or done anything, I was saying, thank you, God, for what you're going to do. And just detailing some of the dreams that he'd put in my heart. And, you know, 15 years later, look at it and go, oh, God, you did it. You did it. You are awesome. God so wants to satisfy your soul with his faithfulness. But he's also, there is a whole cloud of witnesses up, up in heaven going, come on, get up, run the race. This is going to be awesome. Come on, come on, come on, get up. Make the most of your time while you're still there. Look at it from an eternal perspective. I don't want to have one of my days wasted. The Bible says, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. God has given us life. It's a gift. He's given you his nature. He's given you his power. He's given you his word. He says, now pick it up. Begin to use it. Begin to pray. Instead of worrying about the things that are going on, the Lord wants to remind you, have you actually prayed about that? God wants you to pray about it until you feel the release, until you're not worried about it anymore, until he comes and he gives you the revelation in your heart that, yes, praise God, you've got this. Thank you, Lord. You pray until you get the release and you release the burden to Jesus. Hallelujah. And you don't pray it as someone outside trying to get God do, do, to do something. You do it as sitting in heavenly places with him and making decrees about it. Because he says, don't just beg me to do something. Do something. I've given everything pertaining to life and godliness to you. Now exercise your royal authority and begin to make a decree about it. Don't sit there and complain and, oh, winds are bad. Oh, God, it's terrible. It's terrible. That's up to those people. We go, yes, it is. What are you going to do about it? What's in your hand? Okay. By the word of God. He wants you actually to get up, speak it, decree it, do something with it. You know, many of us go through, I believe, more than we need to because we forget. We keep saying, please intervene, God. He goes, 
the stuff I've given you, just if you just pick it up, all you have to do is, is use what I've given you and you'll see the breakthrough that you're still begging me for. Well, what if it doesn't happen immediately? Well, it's time to keep going. Hallelujah. It means you've got the promise of God. He says that he's already given you the victory. He knows the end from the beginning. So it's like, well, if it hasn't happened yet, that must mean that I haven't finished. I've already won this battle, but it's not breakthrough. That must mean I haven't finished yet. So we'll just keep going. It's pretty simple. Holy Spirit, help. (laughs) This is what awakening looks like. The whole earth is groaning and waiting for you to wake up. Because it's like, when are they going to wake up and start making some of those decrees? I remember walking out of the door one day after a big storm had come. And Tom had planted these big palms up the driveway and I didn't like them. I liked roses. And I was not really in favor of these palms. And one of these palms had been blown over so badly that it was like absolutely flat on the ground and all the roots had been broken. And Tom had tried to prop it up with some stakes and stuff. And, you know, as I'd come out the door each day, I'd see this thing withering away. One day I walked out the door and God said, speak to that tree. He spoke so clearly. It was I could hear his voice. He said, speak life to that tree. So I went, live. (laughs) That palm tree became twice as big as every other one. And I was like, I didn't even want that thing to live, you know. (laughs) But it was just a little taste. Jesus spoke to the storms. Be still. And we go, oh, that was Jesus. He goes, yes. Now it's no longer you who live, but me who lives in you. Wake up. Just look in the book. See some of the stuff he did. The moment you see it, you've got no more excuse. It's a mirror. Ooh. That's what I'm supposed to be doing. (laughs) Well, thank you, Father. (laughs) I pray that you will really let this go down deep. Father, that they'll not just be hearers of the word only, but they'll be doers. Jesus, that they'll take it into activation, Holy Ghost. And I thank you that they do and that you love them. You put your arms around them and you kiss them. And you're so patient. You're so kind. And God, I thank you, Lord, for your great grace. Lord, we thank you for the greatness and the goodness that you've given us. Lord, I thank you, Father, for your life. Father, for your nature, for your power and for your word. I say thank you. But Father, I'm asking, Lord, for... A continuous reminding, Lord God, and help that we steward what you've given us, God. Because we want to see, Lord, what you've given us. Lord, be multiplied hundredfold, Lord. Father, thank you for your grace. You know, the one that was given ten talents, he, 
He made it so that it was so much more. And what God's given you, his very hope for you is that you will take what he's given and that you will not only do what you see him doing in the, in the scripture, but that you will do even greater works. Hallelujah. If you begin to use what you've give, you're given, it is supernatural seed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for your great grace.